Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Well, isn't it a great thing to be together? Um, As you can see on the stage, we're in a slightly different uh, context than we often are. So if you feel like you can't see all of that well, feel free just to come and um, reconnect. If If you're struggling to see, you're probably okay, actually. We've got a bit of space, obviously. That'll be great. For those who are part of SEEK, which is our intermediates and early high schoolers, um, just because this is going to be a lot of fun and hearing stories of the things God's done in people's lives, um, it's a privilege to have you guys in here with us today. So um, thanks for being here, and I do hope you'll enjoy uh, what we have to share today. And so just as I was um, saying earlier, we have, uh, over these last five weeks, or in this first five weeks of our Januaries, of our Sundays in January and February, we are um, sharing what we're calling unexpected stories. So stories really of faith in action and faith growing. And so over the last three weeks, Tim and I have got to, got to preach in our services. And, you know, we've looked at people like Jacob and um, David and Peter and the disciples. Uh, and we've tried to tell some of the stories of, of, of developing and growing faith um, in the scriptures. And we've also shared some of our own personal journeys. Uh, And one of the things we've been asking people uh, is to um, send in their stories of personal growth, of personal encounter with God. And and so we're going to be exploring some of those stories today with my, I'll call you my panel, with my my sort of special guests today. And uh, so over, over the last week with these guys, we've been sharing a few questions and a few thoughts, and that's going to be sort of outworked in our conversation today. So I want to introduce you to Wendy, to Zoe, and to Sean. We should give them a, 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 great, a great applause. Because you never quite know when you get to this point whether your mouth might have dried up and, and whether you're kind of um, nervous. So welcome. Please, please relax. These are your friends, aren't they? I think they certainly are. So one of the things that um, has been important as we've been discussing um, for the series and, and right through is sort of the, the development of faith from the time that maybe you first become a Christian um, into the time of, uh, I, I don't know, sort of um, as it grows and develops. And so, Wendy, I wonder just as we kick this off, whether you might just introduce yourself and just, just a little comment on how has your faith grown uh, and stretched as you have gone about this Christian walk? Sure. Um, hi, everybody. I'm Wendy, and hopefully um, you know me, but welcome to new people. Uh, I, um, for my walk, when I was a child, we didn't go to church or anything, so I had no real knowledge um, of the Christian faith. I knew who God was, but that was about all. And so I'm a little bit um, different than people that have grown up in a Christian home. I became a Christian when I was 40, so my walk is a little bit different. And how's that, how's that grown, have you found? You can't be much more than 40 now, but... Hey. <laughs> Okay. 
in the two years since then. I thought this was about truth, but... <laughs> but okay. Um, so, I guess... Um, uh, I, th I think the most important thing for me has been um, getting to know God and understanding, um, building a relationship has been huge. And all I've taken it very seriously. Um, as an example, when I was a new Christian, you know, you're taught to pray and you're listening to God. And um, I was always a public speaker. And so my little mischievous side said, well... I could just make anything up and it would be magnificent. And so um, I know I have a strong personality. So I made um, a real strong promise to God that I would never, ever do that. And so I would wait until he spoke because I could see it happening all around me. Um, uh, and he didn't for about two or three years. But I never relented from that because I thought, this is a serious thing. You know, there's things in your life that are fun and all of that. But this is serious. So, um, yeah. Fantastic. Yeah. Sean, maybe introduce yourself to us and sort of just talk to us a little about, you know, growth and faith and how that's affected your life. Um, I guess, oh, I'm Sean. A little bit different to Wendy. I've, I've grown up being a Christian all my life, um, ever, since, ever since I remember I've, I've gone to church and I credit my mum a lot with that. And so I've never really known a life without God or without God in it. Um, and so I suppose in, th in that sense, my journey is more about how much trust I've, I've had in God and realising what he can actually do for us and trusting that he will do those things for us um, and having that faith as opposed to wondering whether there is actually a God or there's never really been that much, mm. yeah, that doubt in my life. Um, so, yeah. Fantastic. And, and Zoe? Hi, I'm Zoe. Um, prob yeah, probably. It's, it's always interesting hearing each other's stories because it's sort of, um, you realise we're all so unique. So, I, similarly to Sean, I grew up in a, in a Christian family and have... Um, Probably, as you do when you're young, had a strong sense of um, being in as a Christian, being a being a Christian, as my um, big sense of identity, and have absolutely loved that throughout my life. Had lots of benefits from that community, and and learning to hear God's voice and growing in that. And I've also um, had um, times in my life where I felt very much outside of Christianity um, in terms of my. Um, not quite fitting in terms of um, who I am or how I feel about things or, or understanding how I can fit within Christian culture or that sort of thing. So um, I guess it, it was an interesting thing to, to reflect on when Vic sent us through some questions. And I guess my um, growth journey in my faith has probably been a, from a place of feeling um, quite fearful of, of God, of how to um, live my life of, you know, what this whole Christian thing is and driving some good behaviours, but <laughs> really from a fair place to um, just the expansiveness of the life that following Jesus um, allows us or opens us into. So that would be probably... So your journey of faith would have um, wider parameters now than Very perhaps, wide, perhaps yeah. the narrow ones. <laughs> yeah, really broad in oh, terms of that Jesus invites us into... Um, a lot more do's than don'ts and a lot more, um, yeah, fullness of life than straight and narrow. Fantastic. We <laughs> won't come back to that in a little while as well. 
Um, one of the things that uh, we're obviously sharing stories and, and one of the uh, reasons that I was keen for Sean to be part of um, our panel today is a story that happened to you in Japan. Do, do you want to tell us a little bit about that experience on a rugby trip, I think? Uh, yeah, so when I, was, um, when I was 13, I went over to Japan to play rugby. Um, and part of the tour party on the day, one of the days we went playing, we went to um, Hiroshima and um, visited there. And, and we're basically given free reign around the park, um, well, the, the, the buildings. And on the way back, um, I got to the meeting point and realised that I'd been left behind um, by the tour party. Um, on the way there, we caught the train for about two, two and a half hours. Um, and so pretty much we were told, if you ever get lost, then just stay where you, we were meeting last and someone will come back and get you. Um, so I sat on a bench underneath the um, one of the last remaining buildings from the, um, from the atomic blast. Um, it's called the, the Atomic Dome, I think it's called. Um, so I sat there for about eight, eight to nine hours, um, waiting for someone to come, come and get me. Um, funnily enough, when, I was, when Vic asked, asked me to talk about this, I did some um, Google research, and it's exactly the same as when I was there, like the park around. I don't know if you can see the bottom, um, the bottom picture there with an arrow. That's the bench I sat on. Um, and so... I think basically from there, having such a um, having grown up in, in a Christian faith, I immediately sat there for about an hour or so, and still no one had come. And started I started to pray. And I was just like, oh, you know, God, please help them come back and get me. Please, you know, please help them come come and help me. Um, and that prayer, I guess, grew significantly more desperate the longer I sat there. Um, so you're 13, eh? I was 13. Yes. Yeah, and I knew that um, what I didn't know was that they didn't come back and get me because they didn't know whether I'd stayed on the train and gone through to Tokyo or whether I'd been left behind there. Um, anyway, I ended up, um, I prayed and prayed. Um, and pretty simple prayer, really, that just God would help me and God would, would come and, and be with and do something about my situation. Um, it got to a point at probably about midnight when I knew because someone had stopped and spoken to me that the trains stopped running. Um, so I knew at that point that no one was coming to get me. Um, so I went, I, I just had a, an inkling, like, okay, I've got to find a police station now. So I went walking. And on that walk, um, I couldn't find a, a police station. Um, a European, probably about one o'clock in the morning, um, a European lady of Irish accent, I think it was, just came riding along on her bike and stopped and asked me if I wanted a hand. Um, yeah, basically said, you know, are you right? What, what's happening? And I, so I told her what happened, and and she pretty much just, without question, just sorted me out, like took me to a police station, translated. We had to phone my parents back home to find out where I was supposed to be in the country. Um, and then I stayed the night at the police station because um, I couldn't get back until the morning when the train started up again. Um, and so I didn't really think of it at the time. Like, I was kind of just really grateful that someone was there to help me, but... She left her contact details, and, and not long after I got home, we tried to contact her, and it just she didn't exist. Um, and so to this day, that I believe that, that she was an angel, um, and she had come to help me, and it was an answer to my prayers, basically. And it's a very simple prayer, just, God, please help me. Like, um, and I guess 
since then, that from that point on, it's it's made me realise, or just cemented in me, that there is an answer to prayer, albeit at God's timing, in God's timing. You know, I think if he'd, uh, if he'd sent someone to help me within the first hour of me sitting on that bench, I don't think it would have made quite as much impact as it, as it did in the end. And so I guess that's probably the biggest impact, um, one of the earliest impacts of, um, of God actually being real. Um, instead of, like I said, I grew up in a Christian home, so it was kind of just a given that you go to church and God's real and it's just the way it is. But that, for me, was the thing that cemented it, that... God is actually real and has yeah, that's something that I've gone back to a lot in my life and when when I've been praying for other things and like, yeah, actually I just need to wait and uh, and God will answer in his in his good own good time. Isn't that a phenomenal story? Uh, Sean and the angel. Um what what does it do to you now, sort of telling that story, you know, kind of, you know, twenty years later, whatever it is, you know, kinda of how does it still um Figure in your, your life and faith? Um, I think, I mean, just even thinking about that story is one of those amazing things that obviously it had a big impact on my life, but everything about it I still vividly remember. Um, yeah, like, I mean, looking up the, the pictures of the dome there, I, I can still remember sitting and how, how cold it was. Um, and yeah, just what, you know, kind of the thoughts that were going through my mind. And I think it's just one of those. One of those things that have really cemented in me my my faith and the fact that I couldn't possibly go back and say God is not real or sort of renege my my faith truthfully and and say that anything but God um, is there. Mm. Have you mm. seen other angels in your life, or is that just a, 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 the one experience? Just the one. As yeah, as just the know. one experience. Yeah. Um, yeah. Wow, that's remarkable. Mm. Wendy might kind of come over to you here. If, if you've got an angel story, you can add it. But, I, but, but you, have a, you have a really powerful story that we've talked about around self-worth. Do you, do you want to tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, sure. That was a great story. <laughs> Wasn't it? And yeah. I love the fact that God um, operates in such a gentle way. Eh? Took care of your knees, didn't scare you, and years later, wow, that was an angel. Anyway, so um, thanks, Vic. Uh, so... Um, yeah, I'll tell you what happened. Just a few weeks ago, we were singing a song about um, being a child of God. It's a great song that we sing. And I, as I was singing it, I remembered um, that I'd really struggled with that whole topic. Uh, as you know, I became a Christian when I was a bit older. And so when I became a Christian, um, it was like the start of a journey. There's all sorts of things to get cleaned up from my past, lots of forgiveness, all those sorts of things. Um, and so I felt like I was really making a lot of progress. But there was one thing that I couldn't solve, and that was the issue of every time the topic came up of, oh, you're a child of God, I, there was a huge no, you're not, in my head. Um, like, that's quite strong, no, you're not. Uh, and Because um, I was trying really hard at all sorts of things. So I kind of parked it for a while, and then... Um, it kept coming up. And so uh, what I was doing is as I was becoming a Christian, I thought, well, I'm not a child of God, but God likes me because I'm learning a lot, right? So I'm learning, so I'm kind of on the sideline learning, um, and he's okay with that. 
And of course, um, the reason that I'm not a child of God is because I'm definitely not worth anything, like completely worthless uh, as a person. Um, so I was trying, but that voice was really loud um, anyway. But of course, uh, the way that the Holy Spirit works is um, they, he tries to help break these things down. And um, as I went through my Christian life, I realized that um, that was not that was not true, right? You know, you learn about the truths of God, and the truth is that he genuinely liked me, but I just couldn't feel it. So I, um, you know, I always think of these things as a walk, so I'm walking towards him and trying to find my way through this issue. And one of the ways, of course, um, starting to read the Bible, but more than anything else, listen when other people are quoting the Bible. And one of the things, I think it's, Second Corinthians, God says, and I will make you my sons and daughters, says the Lord Almighty. Maybe the word Almighty is not there, but it's when I hear it. And the very fact that he, that the Bible says daughters really helped me, I thought, okay, that's real, which is really, really good. Um, so I'm walking towards this, getting rid, as I said, cleaning myself up, um, learning an awful lot more. Um, and the and but I just knew I wasn't there yet. But I felt like I wanted to feel that way. I really loved my dad as a um, um, so I didn't have any other oh, mother. That was a bit of a different thing. But I so I understood fatherly love, which is um, what this is all about. But I just couldn't feel it for myself. And so you know the Holy Spirit works in strange ways. So this is going to be a bit strange. But the thing that really just completely switched it for me was starting to see, um, I'll close my eyes because it's a bit embarrassing, uh, <laughs> um, cat videos on the like YouTube and all of that sort of thing. Because when you see these little kittens doing all these cute things, your heart just goes, oh, so nice. Um, and it's kind of involuntary. Anyway, so the Holy Spirit said, that's what um, God thinks about you. And something huge came, and I thought, oh, so the cat's not actually doing anything. It's just there, and there's... And anyway, it turned it around. So that really helped me. And then, of course, you know, cat videos, and then you see owls. I don't know if you've seen the little baby owls. I'll stop soon. <laughs> or... <laughs> The little squirrels, they're so cute. And so it was a strange thing, but that whole feeling of um, that's how God thinks of you is that outpouring of love. Um, and, uh, yeah, so I um, now when we sing that song, there's another little bit in it which says, I am who you say I am. And I can sing that now. And uh, I just, like, yeah, I'm his daughter. Yahoo. And would you say, Wendy, that it's, a, it's an ongoing journey? Like, you're sort of saying, well, I became a Christian at 40, still felt a bit on the outside, yeah. but, but God has taken me on this journey here. Yeah. Uh, well, so as you can tell, there's things that, um, that need that. I think for me, it's the recognition of the things that you're walking towards. And I feel like the Holy Spirit will bring things up at a time when it's right for you to deal with them. So it was a great journey. Um, I had a lot of forgiveness um, to even, I mean, that's such a huge word, eh, to, uh, to learn. And that took maybe 10 years. Hmm. Um, 
But one of the things that a great theologian said is when you've truly forgiven, true forgiveness is when if that person walked into the room, you'd welcome them in your heart. And so for me, that's the point that I really try to get to when I'm forgiving somebody, not just intellectually forgiving them or saying the prayer or wishing them well, but actually trying to go that extra mile to get anything out of me because forgiveness is... Well, non-forgiveness is kind of stuff in you. Yeah. Of course, we hear a lot about self-worth and things. What would you say to someone here, you know, if they were somewhat struggling in a similar way, the self-worth journey of God, of relationship with God? Yeah, I do think it's um, something that a lot of people have. It's kind of in our culture as well. It's really easy to put people down. So I feel like um, if you're struggling with it, like understand that it's not just you. It's a it's a human thing. It's like insecurity is human, and to be vulnerable and feel those sorts of things is very human. However, we have a great God that can help lift these things off. Yeah. So, yeah, don't take on any more negative thoughts. Try and get some help. I think um, one of the things of, of having a panel and various experiences of God is that. It's not just sort of so I know a little bit more about this person, this person, this person, but but you know God can be in the in the process of bringing you know kind of light and, and hope and, and openness even as we're speaking. Mm. Um, one of the other questions that we've p- kind of pondered a little as a panel is what keeps bringing us back can, keeps bringing us back I don't know to to the table to to God and Zoe you know, I wonder if you've got some thoughts around that you know what what is it that that keeps you you know, kind of after these after these years and, and your various discoveries um, that you were sharing before? Yeah, sure. Um, so, um, a- again, reflecting on, on some of these questions, I um, I often wonder why. <laughs> why I am still here because, um, yeah, it, it is, I, I, like I said earlier, I've often felt more like an outsider than an insider sort of as, I, as I've got older in, in terms of... Um, but so I was reflecting and thinking, um, a a big moment for me in my, in my faith journey, and a reason that I do find myself coming back so frequently is is that <laughs> I was eighteen and um, we had a group of friends first year out of school, and we were going on a you know a trip away, and we'd been at a Christian school, so the way we knew how to socialise was to do worship nights. <laughs> We didn't party, you know, sort of like that's something we knew how to do. And um, and so we're just doing a worship night because that's sort of standard. Um, and and someone in our group, really enthusiastic friend of ours said, I think someone's going to get baptised tonight. And I was all on board, so I was like, oh, I'll, I'll get baptised. And, um, and, you know, we, we went out and it was dark and um, can you smash my waves? And, and I got baptised and I... In that moment, um, really, truly, with sort of the, um, I don't know what you call it, sort of integrity and um, with a lot of depth, I think, um, as an 18-year-old, decided that I was going to commit my life to following the way of Jesus, which is a very natural step for me to take at that point. Um, And then I sort of... (laughs) started um, emerging from my context of being just in a Christian setting, which I'd always been in, um, and really enjoyed expansive thought and really enjoyed um, different people that I met and different perspectives and, and even different um, 
you know, spiritual teachings or leaders, all sorts of things. Like, it's like my world just sort of blew open. Mm-hmm. And, um, and so there was this question, why, why return, you know, to Je- Well, Jesus is obviously fantastic because he, um, well, I think we'd all be in agreement that, you know, his teachings are, are incredibly transformational. But for me, so much of what brings me back is that I actually just made that commitment naively in some ways. It's, just, it's like a bit of an anchor point. It is. And I think any big decision that we make in our lives, even getting, um, you know, getting married, mm. you know, you do that young and then you, um, you just stay committed to it as you discover what that really means. And, or even people going into, you know, being a monk or a nun, you think, you know, they do that when they're young and, and then it's, it's in the journey that you sort of discover what, how meaningful that is to you. So it's like... There's often times where I think, God, this is funny that I'm a Christian. <laughs> I'm not sure if I would call myself a Christian all the time. Well, I certainly, yeah, I, but, but it is an anchor point for me, and I do return to that. And, um, and so that moment, that decision was, was, very, um, was very meaningful to me. And I'm glad that I have that because I find um, that as I do return, um, particularly in my own life, but now for Tim and I together, it's like we have certain themes that we do return to, that it's like, um, I, I love that last song we're singing, I Surrender All, and it's this thing where it's like, actually, if we're following the way of Jesus, we actually um, don't measure our lives in the ways that um, typically you do sort of um, tit for tat, <laughs> you know, the way the world works in terms of like, you give me something, I'll give you something, but Jesus is way of living is like radical generosity and radical surrender of your life and openness to, um, you know, whatever God is saying or, or moving. And and so I, I find that return to thinking, and it is a really different way of thinking, um, that when we return to that, it makes our life really interesting. Like, I find it really interesting. It is interesting. Indeed. I, I'm fascinated by all of you guys, in a sense, um, your story... Um, relates to something significant that happened quite a while ago, you know, kind of the angel, the baptism, the sort of the encounter with um, Jesus' love, I guess. But you're all still figuring it out, even even till today, which just seems so wonderful. Like, you know, you could say, well, I got baptised when I was 18, and, and, and it's not relevant anymore, but it, but it continues to be relevant as, as the, the fullness of it outworks itself. Um, Sean, I wonder... Um, you know, one of the things we've been talking about during the week is, you know, if you, as you look back, was the was the something that you would have liked somebody to kind of sidle up beside you and tell you that could have helped you through your Christian life? Any any thoughts around that? Is the is there some advice that you've got along the way that just seems so special to be able to pass on? I don't know whether it would have been someone telling me, but I think it would have. Um I mean, obviously, growing up in a in a Christian family, just having that faith, like having that, just I guess knowing that God will answer your prayers, but when it's best for, you know, when it's best for you, not when you expect it to be, and I guess just having, it would have been, yeah, I guess nice to know that a, a lot earlier on in my faith that it's. Don't be despondent if God isn't answering your prayers the way that you think that they should be answered, or the way that you think or expect it should go. Um, I think that would probably have, um, yeah, saved a whole lot of 
questions, I guess, in my especially in my earlier journey, and kind of wonderings like, well, actually, is is God really actually going to help me out with this? Um, because it's not going the way that I expect it to be going, or or I would like it to go. I, mm. That's probably the biggest thing that I'd take from that. Yeah, I think that's smart. What, what about you, Zoe? Sort of something that you would have liked if somebody could only have shared it a little earlier in your faith journey, or or indeed what you could pass on. Um, yeah, pro- probably that um, you could be a Christian and be very unreligious, like that. It's actually, yeah, how we. That Jesus sort of <laughs> engaged, you know, mostly with with people who who didn't um, really know how they felt about things, or didn't know the right thing to do, or, or very much doing the wrong thing. And I know we've told that a lot, but to um, really understand that, that it's like it's actually not it's not a religion. It's a way of it's a way of life, and it's an, an example to follow. And okay, so yeah. so it's not a religion, but it's a way of life. So so this is something we live and breathe. A daily, a daily thing, a moment by moment thing. Yeah, Wendy, something wise that you've been told, or something wise that you'd like to tell. Um, <clears throat> maybe going back to the I surrender all. There, um, that's that's great, especially on the long journey of you've got your whole life to get to know um, God and history and all that beautiful art and then all the beautiful worshipping and then all the things um, in your life. And uh, have I got time for a little story? Oh, yeah, yeah. Look at this. <laughs> so the whole I surrender all. Um, when um, Sandy and I, we, we became Christians together and we're kind of new together and I'm the stepmother of his fantastic kids. And so... Um, when you're a new Christian, you're asking God for help a lot. And I said, God, could you help me understand um, those kids? Because, you know, I've got no idea. And um, But don't go anywhere near my work because I'm really good at that. <laughs> hey, honestly, like with my whole heart, I'm, I thought, that's exactly the right thing. Like, I'm fine there. Um, and, of course, uh, the way that the tables get turned. Um, anyway, one thing that God did do for understanding the children was um, he gave us some advice uh, early on. So uh, so we had a mixed, I don't know, blended house, household. So the kids would stay with their mum and then they'd stay with us at the weekends. Um, and so they had two rooms, which, you know, two rooms, which is great. So they had all sorts of stuff. And God... Um, or Jesus or the Holy Spirit, not sure who, said to me uh, for our lovely daughter, Mari, put her name on her door. Uh, and so, of course, it was like a retail thing. We could go and buy something, so we loved that. Um, but what we didn't know was that she was finding it really difficult to find her place in among all of this chaos of um, she, she thought that she was the saviour of all of the family, which sometimes teenagers uh, feel, which I understand they're coming into their future, but um, that didn't help her. So having her name on her room actually gave her an anchor point, and I would have never thought of that, so that, um, that was that. Now, what am I doing? Uh, some great advice. So the advice is... <laughs> um, Honestly, God's really there for all sorts of things, and um, I'm, I love the power of prayer more than that. I love the fact that God answers, and, you know, I called, you answered, 
is such a fabulous thing. So my um, best piece of advice would be, if you really want to hear from God, actually you have to listen. So you ask your question, and then instead of like doing your thing, actually listen and um, like really listen just for a couple of minutes. But this is your holy time with God to actually hear from him. Um, that would be my advice. If it doesn't happen, don't worry, you've got the rest of your life to try this every single day until it does. But honestly, that's what I would, that would be my recommendation. Well, that's fantastic. Um, you know, it feels like this is a conversation that's only just starting, but we, we don't have time to, to continue or to, to go on and on. And I don't know, the sun beckons and the beach and the waves and those sorts of things are out there somewhere ahead of us on our Sundays as well. Um, but thank you, um, Sean and Zoe and Wendy, for sharing some of your stories and some of your unexpected nature of your journeys, um, be it as teenagers or be it in, in later life. It's um, uh, been very powerful to hear. I'm not sure, Lindley, whether this or yes. These are the questions that we have been um, working through. Um, and so I, I wonder even, I'll just flick them up just quietly because cause these are great questions for us all to explore. So how has your faith changed over the years and, and what is the catalyst for that change? Have you had any unexpected events that have challenged you in your faith walk? And how have those events effect, affected or influenced your faith and relationship with Jesus? What keeps you coming back to the table, to communion, to, to life with Jesus? What wisdom would you most love to share with someone who's in an earlier stage of their faith journey? Or what do you wish someone would have shared with you? And we didn't get to the last one and we didn't fully um, explore the first ones either. But what practices or disciplines have been particularly life-giving to you in your faith journey. And so we are in this journey and in this process, and um, it feels like in this Unexpected Journey series, um, it's important to be able to hear our hearts and to hear the things that are, have, have made us the people that we are. Otherwise, we're just very one-dimensional to each other. It's what happens at 10 o'clock on a Sunday morning or, or what we can look at. And I, I hope today that with these guys sort of sharing of their heart and um, opening of some of the things that have been significant, it's been a really useful process. We'll be doing more interviews next Sunday too. Um, and also tonight, we'll be doing interviews and next Sunday night. So if you'd like to kind of keep an eye on them on Facebook Live, or obviously if you'd like to be here tonight or, or next Sunday morning, we would love you to be here for a, for a different panel of people telling some of their stories. And if you'd like to share your story with me, um, it doesn't, we, don't have to, we don't have to do it in public, but I think there's been, there's been some wonderful fruit just of a few to and fro emails that I've been having with people who have, who have taken the time to write down some of their stories. And so I think it's been helpful and so would love to receive those. So my email address is vic, V-I-C, at svc.org.nz. And um, it would be it would be wonderful to share that. So why don't we give these guys a big hand? Weren't they fantastic? And I think we can with that we can call it to a close. We can have tea and coffee together. We can scoot away if we need to. And um, God bless you, Shaw Vineyard. It's been a pleasure being with you this morning. 
Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast. 